You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiacos FC and Greek football. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with my co-hosts Lambro Sirmos and Costa Levoyanis. We are also joined by our good friend and special guest today, Stel. And uh, we've got Stel here for many, many reasons, but uh, as well to make a bit of an announcement about the Gate 7 International Podcast, some exciting things coming up. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that. I do have a couple, as always, housekeeping things that we want to run through very quickly first. Uh, the first thing is that Olympiacos have their last friendly of the season coming up on, uh, on July 13th. We'll be playing Galatasaray. Um, and this is, you know, we're back in, uh, in Greece. We're not in Austria anymore. Uh, the game will be on Mega if you're in Greece, if you'd like to watch. And there's also streaming sites if you'd like to watch as well. I won't dox the names of those on the podcast, but they exist. Um, we talked a little bit on the last podcast about what we expect to see in that game. Galatasaray are a big team, and it's you know it's a bit bigger of a deal, I would say. So we kind of expect to see a pretty strong team, at least for the first half. We talked a little bit about who we might see in that game. So uh, if you want to catch that, listen to the previous episode. Um, additionally, we want to say again, congratulations to Olympiacos DC. Their season did unfortunately come to an end, but in their first in their first season as a club, really, uh, competing in the UPSL, they made it all the way to the division finals, and uh, they went out on penalties, which is a really tough way to go. Uh, we can't wait to keep covering them, keep watching them as they continue to grow and get better. We have an interview uh, lined up with the head coach of uh, Olympiacos DC, Philip Vonk. Unfortunately, that had to be postponed because he's busy this weekend, but that will be coming out on July 18th, as we uh, as we expect right now. So we're really excited to have him come on, talk about his coaching philosophy, what goes on at the school, and more. So make sure to keep up with Olympiacos DC on their website, on social media. Uh, if you want to potentially see some young players who might be on their way to Piraeus in the future. Additionally, we would like to say thank you to our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been helping Greeks ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box, 18 by 18 by 24. Send it to our friends in Baltimore, and it will be shipped to the port of Piraeus for only $50. Better yet, fill any large wardrobe box and send it for $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send an email to sales at Piraeus intl.com. All right. Now that that's out of the way, Stell, um, you've been on the podcast once before. Longtime listeners will remember you. You're on in video form now. For people listening to the the, the video on YouTube, don't be alarmed. The, the little green clover thingy on Stell's chest there is not Panathinaikos. No association with Panathinaikos here. That is the uh, the, the logo, the badge of Omonia. That's haram, isn't it? That's haram. You can't use that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So <laughs> that's the that's the badge of Ammonia, which is Stell's team in Cyprus, um, and a team that we've we've come to grow a liking to. Stell is a, an Ammonia meme expert. Um, got good ties to the team, uh, and he and his buddy Roy do a great great podcast, the No Shoftes podcast. Uh, if you understand, well done, man. Hey, first yeah. take. How many times that you means- how many times did you practice? No shoftes, a few times, no a few shoftes, times. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to okay, get it wrong. Well done, I have well to, I've gotten used to having to practice stuff because otherwise people call me a Xenos <laughs> and then yell at me. So I need I, to make I, sure I get, I get the games well. right. Lamar gets a pass. It means no bullshit, doesn't it? It's like no trash. Pretty much, yeah. No nonsense, yeah. 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 It's a good name. Much. It's a good name. Yeah. But anyway, so still, the, the main, main reason we've brought you here is because uh, we are very excited to announce... And we want to thank you for giving us uh, the opportunity to sort of come together here. But um, Gate 7 International Podcast is officially a part of the Shoot the Defense Podcast Network, I guess is what you would call it, a network. Um, This includes, I mean, it's basically Estelle's creative child, you would almost say, um, that he's started. And he's he's got all sorts of really great content. Like I said, the No Shoftes stuff with Ammonia. Um, does some stuff I, I want to say with Ryan Giggs' brother. Is that right? Correct, um, yep. Yep. More Maybe more general football-oriented stuff. But there's also all sorts of, of great football content from all around the world uh, that is a part of this network. So, Stel, I'll just take it, let, let you sort of talk about how this initiative uh, came to fruition, you know, both, you know, how you started doing this stuff and then where you got the idea to sort of make it a global thing and I know you've you've sort of got like people from what like Georgia, Estonia, all these places wrapped up in it. So yeah, I'll just I'll I'll let you uh, inform the people about it. But uh, I'll safe to say we are very excited. Yeah, mate, and um, it's it's an absolute honor having you guys on. Uh, I've been following your podcast for a while now, following your content for even longer. Um, and when when I started shoot the defense, as I told you when I last came on, it was just me and a friend talking football. That's all it was. And then we started reaching out to some former pros and then we got one big one. And when I say big one, he wasn't a massive name, but he's a very controversial character. And uh, it kind of blew up from there. He carried on doing little podcasts for me and then we carried on. So I figured, well, let me try to add more, more strings to the bow, so to speak. So I'd, I'd do interviews. I'd explore different sides of the game. So I'd interview for example, uh, uh, an Indian football commentator at four o'clock in the morning, UK time, just trying to find out more because obviously it's a global game. And with the introduction of social media back in 2010, 2012, Twitter and all that, um, I was able to reach out to more and more people. And, and, and it grew and it grew and it grew. And we'll get going up the pod- podcast charts in in the UK. And then all of a sudden I'm starting to see, you know, 10th in Germany and 12th in Paraguay and it's weird you're thinking who is listening to us talking shit you know but people obviously like us talking shit um so yeah and then I think for me was the the one that did it was when I got an interview with Paul Pogba I was doing I was working for a, a, a I can't say the company's name but I was working for this big company and a friend of mine asked me if I could go up to London to interview Paul Pogba for him because he was working for NBC at the time. And he said, look, you're in London. I'm in LA. Can you interview Pogba? And I got a 10-minute interview with Paul Pogba, which went great. It blew up. And then people started listening to Shoot the Defense even more. Um, and I thought, well, let me let me add a different spin on it. Um, I spoke to a guy called Adam. 
uh, who's based in the Ukraine, and he started the a Ukraine football podcast. And he and his mate Andrew, they've since gone on to do bits for the BBC and Sky Sports. Um, they did remarkably well. We got top spot in the Ukraine football charts. It was like seven consecutive weeks. It was crazy. Um, and then obviously COVID hit, which um, you know, was was a bit of a shit situation for everyone, really. But I still kept the content going. Um, I just tried something new. I was interviewing people. I was just asking what the, what their top five matches were. You know, just something basic like that. Um, and I did about 86 podcasts in 84 days. I just kept the consistency going. And more and more people were listening. So I thought, well, let me see if I can add more people onto the podcast. Obviously, I've approached you guys and you guys have jumped on. So we've got a Greek football side. I've got the No Chof This thing, which I've added on. Uh, we've got a gentleman doing a Georgian football podcast soon, hopefully. Um, we have an Estonian football podcast. We have an Austrian football podcast in Polish coming up because we got, we're getting top 20 in Poland now which is incredible. And all of this, all of this is through the, the Shoot the Defence umbrella. Um, and I've used it as more like a, like a media network thing as well. We have an MMA podcast, which I don't know if you guys are into mixed martial arts or UFC, anything like that. But the two guys that host it, they've been getting like former UFC champions on, which is crazy because you're looking at like a $2 billion industry, really. Um, so yeah, the, the long... That's the long answer to your question, mate. I've, I've just networked, really. I've just networked, just got to know people, good people. I've obviously done my research, listened to the podcast, see what they're about, how they flow. It takes a lot of time, but, you know, I, I will tell you guys, I've told you guys this already, but like I've told all the others, when you're on this network, if you get the opportunity to go to, to work for Sky or, or Dare or Nova or whoever the fuck approaches you, you got my blessing because this is effectively, you know, us helping each other out. You know, you help shoot the defense out by getting a wider audience. And, you know, one hand washes the other and both hands wash, wash the face effectively. Uh, if you guys get the opportunity to get sponsors, that money is all yours. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't, you know, this is just, a, as I said, it's a networking opportunity for you guys can obviously meet other people that are on the pod. Um, and you can speak to them and possibly you know, collaborate. And that's effectively what it is because I see a lot of media companies these days putting podcasts up and it's bullshit. It's crap. It's all sensationalism. It's, it's just, there's nothing, there's nothing there that makes you think, I want to, I want to listen to it again. And again, you guys know your stuff. We know our stuff when it comes to an ammonia perspective. I've got a low limit football coming soon with Roberto Rojas. I don't know if you know him, but you know, big journalist in the United States, he's Paraguayan, uh, works for being sports, um, he's got his own podcast with Joe Ocello. They've been doing it for a few years. Well, I would say they've been about 11 years, I'd say. They've done it about a year less than us, I'd say. Um, so they're coming on soon. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking a lot at the moment. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for everyone involved because you get to know each other. And maybe maybe just one day when we're allowed to travel when without any restrictions, we might be able to all meet up in one place oh, and have a big party. You're, you're teasing me, mate. You're teasing yeah. me. All comes to Canada. You're in Canada. Are you in Canada? I'm in Canada. Yeah, you don't want to come oh, here though. Come, I'll, why I'll not? come visit you guys. Where, where in where in Canada are you? I'm in Edmonton, Alberta. It's like I was born in Edmonton, North London, my friend. There well, I'd, I'd probably rather go to Edmonton, North London. If you want to see like a an anti-mask protest in the streets, or if you want to see like a lot of "I love oil and gas" bumper stickers, 
come here but otherwise i'll because yeah, you've got I'll, a team called the edmonton oilers the hockey team come on yeah well it's a big oil industry anyway everyone thinks climate change is a hoax it's fantastic oh, but... so you don't attack the, the the q80s and iraq and all that you just do your own thing right <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right but look look still the point of all this is i'll catch you in cyprus well i want to say is i think if if anyone's watching one thing that is already clear is is uh still still we're we're all comfortable taking the piss out of each other and um that's why this while still was talking this comment Stell, i don't know if you're a basketball guy but this one gave me a laugh i think between the 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 hoodie which is <laughs> i will say again it's omonia okay we don't have any enemies uh, here i'm a manga for in green and uh, olympia <laughs> That's, that's my team, man. I, listen, if I if I had the, the Omoni away shirt from the Champions League at home, I'd, I'd wear it. It's a red one, but I don't have it. Well, <laughs> sorry. Well, what I want to say, what I want to say is, um, Stel, we have to talk about the memes a little bit. Now, I've 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 reveled in this off camera, right? But um, <laughs> if anyone follows Stel, and I urge you do on on Instagram, it's C H E Stel. Um, Stel is basically like the the captain of Omonia memes. Like whenever a funny picture of the players comes out, like. Stell's on it with with the memes and there there was this one guy <laughs> named Vozinha for this other team. I forget was it Limassol was was it Paul Limassol? Yeah. Yeah. I L yeah. So yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> this guy just got absolutely dragged to the point where he blocked you and the memes were elite. Like I don't know if you want to speak on this but like we just have to say this is <laughs> this is uh this is unprecedented stuff like Sometimes uh, this we can't we can't bring this type of content. It's just you know we we can't match it. But uh... this story is a, is a is about a twenty year old story. I'm not going to bore you with the, the full details. But when I was growing up, I played in goal. My favorite goalkeeper ever was Peter Schmeichel. Right, I grew up watching this guy. He was for me. He was the best goalkeeper ever. Um, you know, and when I watch goalkeepers these days, I. I I shouldn't compare generations, but you can't help it. I grew up watching Jurgen Klinsmann, Lothar Matthias. You can tell how old I am now, yeah? Right. But then I see people like uh, Holland and Mbappe, and I'm like, you're not a touch on, 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 on Ronaldo R9. You're not a touch on uh, Batistuta. You're not a touch on these players. But uh, actually, it's this generation. So when I, when I was growing up, Peter Schmeichel was my guy. And Roy, my co-host, we were talking about goalkeepers one one episode, and he said, oh, Vozinho's a really good goalkeeper. I think he's second best in the country behind uh, Fabio. I'm like, nah, no chance, mate. This goalkeeper is a, is a walking disaster, honestly. He's a walking tsunami. But he will... You, you know what they say? that You're... you're um, you're, you're gaining, what's the word, uh, victory from defeat or something like that. He does the opposite. Oh, the Midas touch. He's got the opposite. Yeah? And... Um, it was just me and Roy going back and forth about Vozinha. I said, I don't rate him. And then I just did a video highlighting all of the mistakes that Vozinha has made, where he's been nutmegged or he's been beaten at his near post. Or there was one where a goal's being conceded and he's just dropped to his knees and started rolling around as if he's been shot to claim for a free kick. Just something weird. So I did that video and I did it the day before Ael played Abolon. And Ael had to win to stand the chance of challenging for the title because if they lost, they'd have been out of the title race. And um, I, I released the video on the morning of the game and I tagged Vozinha. Now, I don't know whether he saw it. I'd like to think that he did because he fucked up. 
he was trying to play the. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. He, he received the ball and he was at his feet and he took one touch. He took two touches. And as he's gone to drag the ball back, he's slipped and fallen on the ball. And the business while that was at Bark, he's rolled the ball in the back of the net and effectively cost Ayel the game, right? So I, I just was taking the piss out of Roy. And as, as we do, he's shit, he's shit, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we played Ayel. We beat them 2-1. The equalising goal, there's a, there's a picture of Vozinha basically cross-legged on the floor with his arms out, just doing that. And I thought, I've, I've got to take a screenshot of that. And I've basically used that little picture of him doing that as a template. So during the, the beginning of the Euros, every time something happened, I'd put Vozinha in and all that kind of stuff. And it kind of went crazy. Like, you know, Peter, you, you were laughing about it and other people were laughing about it. Until one day, completely off subject, I was, um, yeah, that one. Yeah, there's, there's other ones as well. Um, completely off subject. I did a, a Photoshop of a former Ammonia player called um, Rusha, who's joined... Uh, Anorthosi, and our nickname for the Anorthosi are the goddess, the chickens, right? So I photoshopped the chicken's head on Rusha's body, right? The next day, I've got this little kid messaging me, right, on, on Instagram saying, um, Rusha was a great player for Ammonia, you, you disrespected him, Christophe, you disrespected him, because he's another player that, that left us to go to uh, Anorthosi. And he goes, you're a, you're a damn ass fuck, you're a fucking chicken. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that's a great insight. I mean, I've never been called a damn-ass fuck or a fucking chicken before, so I thought I'd just run with it. So when Omonia went back into pre-season training, there was an image of one of our players sitting down on, on a leg press machine, and behind him was this green board with, like, graffiti. So I photoshopped, you're a damn-ass fuck, you're a fucking chicken. And then it kind of snowballed out of control because then I found this video of Vozinha giving an interview, um, and I basically use this system called type to text where you can type and then press uh, process and the computer talks. So I basically got a picture of, of Vazinha talking and I, I pretended to interview him. So I was like, Vazinha, what'd you, what'd you make Estelle? Why did you, why did you block him on, on Instagram? And I did this, this video and it was just him going, you're a damn ass fat, you're a fucking chicken. And it, it again, it blew up. So yeah, like you shouldn't be asking me these questions with long answers required, bruv, because I'm taking up all of your Mate, time. No, 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 no. Go it's on. Been 18 like, minutes, it's... and I've gone from about 15 of it. But no, I mean, I like I said, I like to troll clubs, but I don't do it in a in like a how can I put like an offensive kind of way. I don't get personal with them. There's no need for it. I don't. I, okay, if a team loses, I'll, I'll really piss. I've had death threats. Right from fans when I when I prank called up Boyle's offices at the beginning of the season, I got death threats. You know, uh, we're going to stab you. We're going to do this. We're going to do this and that to your kid. We're going to do this. Blah 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 blah. Okay, I was like, fine. Well, I'm coming to Cyprus in October, motherfucker. I'll tell you where I am. So I went to Cyprus in October. I was at Mackenzie Beach. If you want me, I'm here. Come. They don't show up because it's people behind the screen giving it all of that. That's what I'm saying. I've been in this game for too long. I know it inside out. So whatever. People have big balls behind the screen, as they say. Yeah, it, man. Nah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I say, I'll, I, I, first of all, I don't mind you taking all this time still because the people need to understand where the Vozinha, the Vozinha lore comes from. Uh, we did have a question from Eleftherios Mahinis asking about uh, our ammonia playing in Europe. So they're actually, uh, and this is something we'll talk about a little bit, they are actually the same place in, as we are, as Olympiacos. So they, uh, they are in the second qualifying round, I guess, of Champions League, waiting for their opponents. 
Uh, and one thing that did happen aside from the Euros this week is there were some Champions League first qualifying round fixtures. Ammonia uh, got kind of a tough draw, we have to say. Um, Dynamo Zagreb and Valur, which are an Icelandic team, are the two uh, the two teams battling it out to face Ammonia in the next round. And uh, Zagreb picked up a 3-2 victory. Now, uh, Valur did get two away goals, but away goals are not a thing anymore, as far as I understand. So that doesn't actually really help them that much. It just means they still need to win by one goal to even have a chance to play Ammonia. But Dynamo Zagreb, we have to say, are a pretty big club still. I, I'm sure, you know, you're not super enthused to be playing them when Olympiacos maybe get a, a bit of an easier draw. But I suppose if you want to get to Champions League, you're going to have to to beat a couple tough teams on the, along the way anyway. Yeah, well, this is it. We, we played, uh, okay, Ararat was our first game last season in the in the qualifier. Then we played Legia Warsaw. We beat them away 2-0. Then we beat Red Star Belgrade on penalties. And then obviously we, we lost to you guys. Um, it's a different team from last season. We've lost four players. Uh, Mavrias has gone to uh, Abolon. Um, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, so uh, Mavrias has gone to Abolon, but he didn't really feature much last season, unfortunately. I like Haris; he's a good guy, really nice well, guy. And we've we've discussed him for the Greek national team as well. Now, well, yeah, okay, as, yeah, as much as as much as you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy. We gave him a little bit of stick for not playing a game and still getting selected by the team, but it's whatever. Yeah, it's well, it's what it is. That wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. No, it, it was wasn't his fault. By, yeah. By John Van Schitt wasn't playing yeah. for his club yeah. and he was getting picked in the national team. But that's yeah, another he, discussion, guys. That's yeah, uh, he's 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 gone he's gone to our but we we saw that coming. Um, the, he wasn't playing. He wasn't. Playing. I think he, he played about five or six times at the beginning of the season. Then he made the mistake away at Olympiagos, uh, the other Olympiagos, obviously, and um, he didn't play till the cup game against Apoel, which we lost, and that was April. End of March, April. Anyway, um, so he's gone. Thiago's gone, and he's a, he's been a big game player for us. Um, one of those players, always there, right place, right time, scoring important goals. Um, work rate's fantastic. He's gone to Ayak Lavnaga. Uh, Lufna, we obviously couldn't afford to buy him from Copenhagen, so his two-year loan was up, and he went signed for Vidi in Hungary. I spoke to him the other day. He's doing well. He's not happy that he's doing a lot of running, though. In preseason training, I said, "Well, you got to run, motherfucker. You ain't done much running in Cyprus because you've been keeping attackers in your pocket. You ain't been running much." Um, and who else has gone? Who else? It's four players. Who's the fourth player? Oh, um, Vitor Gomez, central midfielder. But we knew that he was leaving, so we brought in Mix. We brought in um, Safdi, the right back from Olympiagos. He looks good. We brought in Yuster, central defender that was uh, uh, Abolon. Um, had at some time, uh, I think it was at Granada prior to that. Uh, brought in mix and we're looking at two wingers at the moment that's what i've been told anyway we obviously need a, another forward player because ernest has done his cruciate so yeah it's it's a different squad but listen the, the the team spirit has been fantastic and i think that's that's one thing that's um you know that what one must say about this team is it's very different to many teams in the past in the past you've had a strong unit but not like you do now. And I think that's the one thing that separates us from the rest of the teams. Abolon, Anorthosi, all the other teams, they've had to change and, and, and bring in new players and basically strip everything down to the bare bones and then bring it back in, whether it be for financial or just to start again. Whereas us, we've got that core group of players. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, interesting season, but you know, we're just too fucking good, man. So, there you go. 
A lot of big, big players still in the team for Ammonia, including Fabiano, the keeper who you mentioned briefly as being the only one who can stand in the way of Vozinha for the title of best keeper in the Cypriot League. Um, but well, I mean, I'm going to sign another goalkeeper now, so maybe Vozinha is going to be back on the bench. Maybe I've destroyed him. I don't know. <laughs> maybe Honestly, that... I'm sorry, man. You can unblock me. I promise I won't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, it. We're going to segue just briefly to Olympiacos transfer news because I think that's what the people want to hear at the moment. And, and of course, Fabiano was linked with us earlier and he would have been a, a good player to come in. But um, it seems like he's going to be staying in uh, in Cyprus. And uh, it still seems like Olympiacos need a goalkeeper is all I have to say. I think uh, Fabrizio Romano, the here we go merchant, as some people call him. Uh, yeah, exactly. He waited, waiting for it to be uh, to be you know, completely done. He tweeted that Jose Sa is probably on his way to replace Rui Patricio at Wolves. Uh, so the inevitable is here and Olympiacos are looking at mainly two options right now. Uh, one of them is Czech international goalkeeper, Thomas Vachlik, who had a pretty good tournament in the world cup, uh, world cup. What the fuck am I on about it? Euros. Um, and he is a free agent. He's going to be asking for big wages though, which is going to probably be what keeps him potentially from coming to Greece uh, because he just had a great tournament. He's going to have bigger clubs in for him, and he's looking for that big money. Uh, but he's very talented. He would be great in red and white. Uh, another player that we are looking at for the goalkeeper position is Bizo, uh, who is coming to us from AZ Alkmaar in the Netherlands. He is a Dutch international, and Lambro is a big outspoken uh, you know, advocate for Bizo. I personally private, have not. I'm also very play. confident, Peter. In private, in our group chat, I'm also very in confident. private. Yeah, in private, but also <laughs> in the Instagram comments. Um, but uh, he's going to be, I believe, a sale. So we're looking at um, acquiring, paying money for him. As far as I believe, I hope I didn't mess that up. But uh, and Saw, we're looking to sell for maybe less money than we want, guys. I don't know. I, I think Costa, you had some words about this off camera about like what his fee is going to be. We might be looking at below 10 million euros, which is, I think, kind of disappointing. But I don't know. What do you guys, what do you two think? I mean, he, we got him at around 2 million euro and we're going to be selling him for about nine is what we heard the other day on, in the Greek press. Now, they've been saying that his minimum fee release clause was 13 million, but that after, I think after last season, it went up to 15. In any case... I just think the market is such that we're never going to get that kind of money. And frankly, we've been talking about this deal for over a month and a half now that SARS on the way to Wolves, it's happening, but Rui Patricio has to go first. He's going to leave, he's going to leave, he's going to leave. He's still here. I think the deal is going to happen, but where are all the other clubs waiting to you know, start a bidding war? This is, this is all pre-cooked. It's Georges Mendes. So he's been here for three seasons. You guys get nine million. He'll probably throw in another player, give us a nice deal on somebody else. So I think it's good business. Uh, he's been with us for three seasons, been a good servant to the club. Of course, we would have liked to get 15 million, but making seven million profit is not bad either. And then the other two keepers, I mean, we're going to end, we might end up with a better keeper. I, I don't know. You never know with transfers, but both Bizo and uh, and Vachlik, they're they have a good list of accolades there and experience. I think one Bizo's thirty, Vachlik is thirty-two, and in the end, I think whoever it is, we're going to be paying around two to three million. 
So again, you've made you've made money from the sale, and you're getting, in theory, a keeper who is as good, if not better. So it is what it is. I'm quite happy with it. Labros not. <laughs> no, I want more money, but I I've come to the, the I want more money because I've read the eight million. No one brought that up. I've read eight million from Sport Twenty Four, which is way too little. And the number keeps going down, 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 down. And I would like there to be a sell-on fee per percentage because I I always have a gut feeling that things can go wrong in, in the, the Premier League with our players. I just always – I feel like there's always this chance that shit could hit the fan and the fans could turn on them and they drop them after, in December. You know what I mean? And then they can sell them. I bet you, if Jose saw flops, they could sell him for fifteen million in the next summer. You know what I mean? So it's not Greece, man. It's not Greece. No, but what I'm telling you is, I want a sell-on fee because if that happens, we get a bit more. And let's say he blows up at Wolves and shows what he's capable of, then we we get even more money, right? So and get that's what I want. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Real Madrid comes knocking for Jose saw, but. Anyway, I'm just eight million, eight point five million euros for the best keeper we've had in so long just seems disappointing to me. Uh, I I just wish there was more more money there, and I have fears that the same situation is going to come knocking with Mari Kamara. I think I wait, think we're yeah wait wait because there was a discussion today about this, and everyone's going like. All right, he's worth 15 million on transfer mark, but we're going to sell him for 20 because Pedenza was sold for 19 or 20 million or whatever it was. And Maddy is a central midfielder. He's, you know, he's going to blow up wherever he goes. And, you know, 20 million is what we want. And we're not going to say yes to anything below that. Hang on a minute. Because we're likely to get bids around 13 to 15 million. And now they're saying that. Take the 15 million and add a 20% or a 25%, a percentage to the deal. And then if he does blow up, you're going to make that 5 million, which you're which we're saying is a loss from the 20. You're going to make more than that if he makes a big transfer to a big team in Spain or a big team in England. So again, like with the Maddie deal, if it's 15 plus a plus a percentage. Go for it. You make more money in the long term. You make more money than you would if it's just 20 and then that's it. Well, the other position that I, I briefly want to bring up because I, and it's funny because I know Stell mentioned that Omonia are looking for a couple of wingers to bring in. Uh, and so are we actually right now. Um, and I would say that's probably, aside from replacing Jose Sa, probably the most pressing thing right now. And uh, it might be a little bit early to start thinking about this, but as always, the Greek press has these names flying around. We talked about Pavon and how he seems to be a good player, but there might be some off-the-field issues. Uh, and it seems like Boca Juniors right now are asking for 7.5 million euros, which would be... Would that be... How close would that be to our record uh, signing? I, I, I know it's not a record, but it would be pretty close. No, not... I mean, in Marinakis. In Marinakis. In Marinakis. Well, Marinakis' biggest transfer was Pedenza, essentially. Or was it, it was Bjorn Engels. I thought it was Bjorn Engels. I thought it was Bjorn Engels. Yeah, then Bjorn Engels. 
No, transfer mark says that Bjorn Engels was 4.5. No. I yeah, thought he was yeah. 7.5 million euros yeah. back in the day. Transfer transfer mark says 4.5. Maybe maybe no. some some Greek uh, press was going on there and making No, maybe they inflated it because they just signed they got rid of Retos and then the the media was like, "Oh, we just brought in for 7.5." I remember when he signed, I was like, "Holy shit, we signed Bjorn Engels for 7.5 million euros. We haven't spent this money ever." Blah, blah, what blah. calamity! What calamity! And things didn't go great, did they? They did not go no. great. Well, anyways, but- so the Pavon thing—we've got this money issue. Uh, there is also the name of George Kevin and Kudu from Besiktas, which is like, oh, Tottenham legend, uh, Premier League legend coming to Greece would be a huge signing. Uh, Reese Nelson is still floating around. Arsenal legend fell just short of making the Euro squad for England. We're being told from the Greek press. Um, God, well, at least you're not going to. You're not going for Maitland Niles. Crying out loud, the guy can't even drive. (laughs) (laughs) We could do a package deal. I don't know. Didn't they come through the academy together? Uh, Also, Ruben Vinagre. Can we sell him some some tires? Can we talk about this? Ruben Vinagre is being sold to Sporting for 10 million euros. Unbelievable, man. Biggest coat of all. The worst player that we've had in Olympiacos last year. Like, absolute clown. 10 million euros. That's why I'm worried about if if we have the Saw deal be a swap. I don't know if I want any of these other Wolves players that are just going to come in and take a holiday for six months before getting loaned back out to Portugal or something. I don't know if I can deal with it, but... Uh, and then there's also Onyakuru. Uh, he's back. Who, he's, he's back, back in, in the, the rumors. Number All of these speed it. merchants. All of he's these back, baby. Run and do nothing with the ball when they he's get back. But uh, I, can I give some background on this? So Henry Onyakuru of Monaco played for, if you guys, you probably all know this already by now, played for Galatasaray in last season they had an option of 5.3 million euros to buy him and that expired in the past week henry onyakuru told his teammates i think he made a post on instagram as well goodbye to galatasaray and he's about to stab them in the goddamn heart because he doesn't want to leave and he's going to sign for besiktas supposedly that's what they're saying so he's about to stab a galatasaray team that he's played three different times i think in the heart or he, because he reportedly he doesn't want to live in Greece, which just doesn't make sense to me. He's like, I want to stay in Turkey. First, first ever uh, footballer who like avoids Greece because they don't want to live there. Usually, it's like, oh, I've heard the the houses in Glyfada are very nice and the beach. It'll be a great yeah, time. I'll no, I'm I'm club. really confused about that. Like, anyway, so I, maybe he just loves the city because he wants to sign for Besiktas. I don't know. I, good luck to him if he signs there. Like, I would also put him on like murder watch because, like, going from Galatasaray yeah. to Besiktas, like. But James, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny or anything. But if you want to improve, why would you be signing a place from Galatasaray? What I mean, did they? God, even well, I agree with you, Stel. No, I agree with Christ. you. <laughs> Lambro is the one over here who's like, I saw the YouTube highlights, guys. He's okay, a the player. YouTube highlights for Onyakuru are elite. They're real good. <laughs> Yeah, but Man United saw Bebe's YouTube and they thought they saw him because he did well at the Homeless World Cup. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's what we say, Stel, and then we have to deal with uh, with Lavro over here. 
with the YouTube highlights, but it is, yeah, I totally agree with you. Get Wise Scout proper stuff. Yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. Oh, come on, Adi. Adi understands. Adi coming in from the chat. Uh, I love that. I love Adi's profile picture as well. That is like. I was like a fetus Adi, when that picture was taken. My God, Adi also knows. Fasolia, don't ask him about Fasolia. We know what happens with those. <laughs> Adi also knows uh, my uh, me and Pedro Martins have the same style. Look for one pace merchant winger. You know that's that's our style and management. We're the same. Yes, Pedro Martins have that. Uh, no, I but also, speak. can we just? This is actually a really good point. Like. Why are the like? Why do you guys think the club is going for? Is Kevin and Kudu Gary Rodriguez two point Can we say it? Can we say it from last summer? Like, it's not why as much the, of a saga as Gary Rodriguez? It's not like, as big of a saga, but like, why the hell do we want a winger so bad from Turkey? Like, there's so many beautiful countries in Europe, and the club is just obsessed with washed up Besiktas and Galatasaray wingers. Like, it makes no sense. It just blows my mind because they want big wages too we did this with bruma we're gonna do this one and kudu and kudu and kudu i don't know and you, you know what the worst thing is is that apparently bruma is being linked to to besiktas as an Nkudu replacement so we're gonna get his sloppy seconds from besiktas after they've replaced him with the guy that we've said yeah, no, you're not good enough, it's, mate. It's don't just want a revolving door, guys. We're taking off your hands. So what the fuck is wrong with you? It's a revolving door. Like, literally, you, yeah, Galatasaray, but I was, then you are linked to Olympiacos, then you go to Besiktas instead, then you're linked to Olympiacos the next summer. I was but, saying this to you guys, but, like, does one, does, like, one team scout the wingers and the rest scouts the rest of the goddamn players? Because the, the one scouting team's, like, do they play for Besiktas? They're on the top of the list. The rest of the scouts are fucking fantastic. The winger scouts, I don't know where they found these people. Like, literally, it is terrible. I'm sorry. Like, Bruma 2.0 is going to come this summer. I'm going to, if I have to watch another Bruma for a whole season and have kids on Instagram because he scores like braces against Larissa saying he's the best big thing, I am going to lose my shit. I'm going to lose my shit. I'm already close to losing my shit. So, you won't, so just to clarify, Lavro, you won't go uh, to the airport for this one. No, I will burn down the airport. I well, swear to God. <laughs> well, we have a, we have a nice question actually from the chat from uh, Grigorios Kotsias asking, are there any interesting players from Cyprus that would fit uh, in Olympiacos in, in Piraeus? And so still, we can bring you in here. I don't know. Let's leave out Omonia players, even though they are the best team, mm-hmm. uh, but just, you know, Obviously, I know you don't want to fantasize about your players leaving and going to Greece, but what are your thoughts on this question? Like a bargain were, signing from Cyprus? Is it even There was talk about Loizo, wasn't there? Yeah, Loizo, yeah. There was, there was. Yeah, Loizo. And, and um, I know that Anderlecht and, and one of the uh, Club Bruges are looking at him at the moment. Um, those those are two teams I'm definitely looking at looking at him, but there's there's re- there's there's a reason why they're not going to make an offer, and I can't go into it because I've I've been told this in, in conf- confidence. But um, is it because he farts on the pitch near his team? Uh, no, 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 there's not that. No, <laughs> that, that, that's, that, a, that's an Instagram. Excuse, that'd be a great reason, wouldn't that's it? An no, we don't want to sign him because he just farts at inappropriate times. You know, you know he goes to church Easter, lets one rip. Um, no, Johnny's, but there's Bitta at um, Abolom, good little player. Um, but the thing is, if I look at 
players in Cyprus that could do it in Greece. Yeah, they're, they're, there's a few, but they're, they're few and far between as well. But that's the thing. Um, in terms of wide players, I can't really think of any. Honestly, I can't really think of any. Um, as I said, Loizo isn't really a wide player, even though he does play wide right. He's more like a number 10. I'd say John Is is probably the only one, I'd say. He, but he's a top talent. He's a top talent. And he, he could play at like a mid-table Bundesliga side. That he's, you know, and that's now at this level. Um, and he's got so much potential. But in terms of other clubs, yeah, like I said, probably Bitter from Abolon is, is probably the only one, I think, in terms of young Cypriots. And you know, we were talking about the the Apoel winger who left for Belgium to Louvain. Damari, yeah, yeah. Would he have been good last season? Because people were disappointed when he didn't sign last season. Do you think he would have fit in? I I didn't see anything special about him, to be honest. Um, don't get me wrong; he's quick, he's tricky. I call him like a a, a pound store version of Riyad Mahrez, really. Um, well, what do you guys call them? Dollar stores, you know, just that kind of. You know, like you buy the WWE action figures, and then you go to like your dollar store, and you got like a. They Still, call they called him the the Jordanian Messi, if I'm not uh, mistaken here. They well, like, like the, the lookalike from Jordan, or the actual Lionel Messi you're talking about. <laughs> but he, he's a good player, but I mean, look, if if he was as good as he's made out to be, why is he being signed by a club in? Belgium, that's not even challenging for the title. That's this one's all about levels here, right? So you guys are looking at players from Galatasaray. Well, you were in the Champions League last season. Uh, the year before, you did remarkably well in the Europa League. You beat Arsenal. You knocked them out. So why are you looking at players at that level? You should be looking at players that may be a little bit higher, but then I can understand that you've got wages, you've got signing on fees, you've got agents, you've got everything else that comes with it image rights, whatever it is. And obviously with COVID as well, it's hit teams financially. So you're not going to be spending big money. I heard that goalkeeper um, that was on loan at Fulham, Ariola was linked with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, his wages are going to be ridiculous because he come from Paris Saint-Germain. So how yeah. much is he going to want to go to, to Greece? If he goes to if he could go to Fulham, that's fine because it's Premier League money, man. You get 100 million for, for getting promoted, for fuck's sake. You know, so they can afford to spend... 50, 60 grand a week on a goalkeeper. You talk about Olympiagos, the only team in the league, for fuck's sake. Let's be real. Still knows, still understands. Well, it's no, fact, I mean, man. I, okay, well, okay, yeah. There was, two, there was two years you didn't win it. Before that, you won it, what, 11 years on the bounce? Come on, man. It's a disrespect. This, this man watched Hawk <laughs> play twice this year. That's that's all we have to oh, say. That's the second best poor. team in the league. They were that's, poor. Yeah. But well, they, were, I mean, they were a good team when they won the league, though. They were. they were a good team when they won the league. And then their, their, coach, their coach and their, coach is their back. top striker screwed off. Well, their coach is back now, but yeah. Well, Luchescu's back. back. Yeah, Luchescu's back. Oh, wow. Okay, because I, I know his assistant that was there, the Diego, Diego Longa. And he hasn't gone with him. so Because he went with him for the Romanian national team. He went with Rapid Bucharest. Yeah. And he went to Dinamo Kiev with his dad, with uh, Luchescu. Sorry, anyway, I, I digress. There you go. No, but I mean, still, I... Is- well, isn't the dad hated by like Neri Castillo as well? Is that the is that right? Uh, don't start. His, don't his bring. Dad. I won't bring that up. <laughs> uh, see you next Tuesday, mate. Okay. <laughs> no, I know you're from London. <laughs> That's when I, I got to get in on that one. I didn't get that one yet. But anyway. Oh, I know that one. I I, I, I one said one. the phrase like taking the piss in front of uh, my Canadian friends, and they like they were. Yeah, like, they were That's like more. 
<laughs> please do. They were they were like they had they were like they had a laugh at me though. They were like, "Where do you think? Who do you think you are over here? Like talking like you're from the UK?" I was like, "Listen, I've been we, listening we, to." A, instead of saying to them, you're, instead of saying to them, "You're taking the piss," tell them you're having a bubble. <laughs> you're having a bubble, and they'll be like, "Having what? a bubble." Yeah, having a bubble. It's Cockney rhyming rhyming slang. I've you're having a bubble, a bubble bath, a laugh. You're having a laugh. Ah, I see. That's that's yeah. the origin. You haven't there. got a Scooby. What I'm talking about, do you? No, I do. I do. Yeah. Scooby Doo clue. See? Yeah. Can I make my own? Give me. You can, can try. Me... Come on. Give me a few seconds. Talk okay. about transfers for a minute. Uh, Lambro, talk about the the Uruguayan left back, and then I'll come back with with a good Bro, slang. Peter, you ah, my, we talked about this off camera. I was like, who the hell is this Uruguayan left back? Where does he play? But Peter's like, yeah, you know everything about the Uruguay. Anyway, guys, let me go to the sheet. Joaquin Picarias. Picarias, right? Costa, you talk Piqueres. about it. Lambro, have Uruguayan time. left Lambro, you're back. In <laughs> okay, Costa, you talk about him from Penarol. I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me. What? So he's a left back, twenty-two years old from Peñarol, Uruguay. He's six uh, foot, one hundred eighty-five centimeters tall yeah. for a left back. I think I read um, Gabriel Alves. If anybody remembers him, he played for us for one year. They called him the Vulture from Uruguay. Uh, he said that this guy is like the Uruguayan Yorgatos. Big fucking statement. Jesus uh, Christ. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, this guy's 22 years old. I think he played 33 games last season for Peñarol. He had something like seven assists and two goals, something like that. Uh, apparently, some clubs in Spain want him. I think Cadiz made a bid for him, which was rejected. I think there's a club in Argentina that's interested as well. Uh, but apparently, he is number one target for left back. And there are another two. Uh, one is Gavori, who plays for Standard Liège here in Belgium. And the other one is Mojica, Colombian international that plays yep. in uh, in Spain for, for, for Girona, who got relegated. And apparently we're looking at somebody else that who, the name hasn't, uh, hasn't seen the light of day. But um, apparently left back is really number one uh, on Pedro Martinez's wish list because we've got Oleg on the left and Apostolopoulos, and that's it. So if Oleg gets injured, we're going with an 18-year-old kid that's never played a professional football match in his life. So, yeah, we've got to get moving. Got to get moving on I, the left back front. I literally, I haven't seen this name, but this would be a great signing. Left back, pretty young, Greek, Greek international. His name's Leonardo Kutris. He plays in Germany. Really great player. Pedro Martins. I don't know if this guy... What the hell are they doing? What are they... They're looking for Pinka Reyes, Pique Reyes, Water Reyes, Wika. And you have Kutris out there in Germany. I just... I honestly can't. I can't sometimes with the transfer policies of the club. Because sometimes it's just obvious, you know? Kutris was the day-in-day -day starter for Pedro Martins his first year. What the hell? What's wrong? Why can't he just come? He's playing. He's in preseason. He plays for the Greek national team now, but he's not good enough for us. He doesn't want to I'm come sorry. back, man. I, why have we screwed this up so bad? I just, oh, Jesus Christ. I, I don't know. I, I get frustrated. I get very frustrated, as you all know.
But we really, we really cockadoodled that one up. Jesus Christ, Peter. Nice try. Nice try. <laughs> cockadoodle do. Stell's not impressed. Uh, forget I said anything. But anyway, <laughs> I just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm so frustrated that Kevin and Kudu, Picareas. I got, I got something. I got something for you. Mojito. Because we're talking about all these wingers, I just want to, I just want to read out a list. Yeah. So, Valbuena, Masuras, Radzelovic, Chumic, Vrusai, Algasim Bar, and Aigbu Camara. What do they all have in common? Except for Valbuena and Masuras, they're going to probably play most of their football on the B team if we sign good wingers. They all play on the wing. They all play on the wing. Seven players. Seven ba players. technically doesn't, I don't think, right? Don't they say they're not playing ba can, wing? He can play up front. He can play on the wing. He can play behind the striker. He's got pace. can play on the wing. Seven I players. I want to see him play. I want to see him play against Galatasaray. Seven players on the roster that can play on the wing. And we're talking about buying George and Kudu as our top shelf signing. Give me a break. But you, anyway. what, what system do you guys play now? Is it a 4 2 3 1? He changes it like we change a lot. I I would say four three three or three four three is probably what we're going to do most of next year with a little bit of four three, four wow, four two okay. sprinkled in. Wow, okay. Our Costas Fortunis, who is you know our our central attacking midfielder, our number ten, is has torn his ACL again. So we would do more four two three one with him and more 442 with him as well on uh, as like a wide midfielder but he's injured now so we'll probably do more 433 now that he's not in the team so effectively you need attacking fullbacks you need fullbacks with good energy like you had Simica with him yeah on the right yeah. we have Andruzos who is who does the job and we have Kenny Lala who's decent and we have Kenny I still want to see more of Andruzos on the left but I know I I understand it's not easy for a right foot. You think, player you think we're going to get a Greek Greek spin at Zola out of an Andrusos? Goddamn right we are. I do. I, I already called it. <laughs> I believe. Not that we shouldn't sign a left back. I'd be fine with the Uruguayan kid, to be fair. I'd also like to see Kutris come back in the team. But we do need more. We, we absolutely need more depth. Signing a player from South America is, is a bit of a gamble, especially you know, at a young age. You know, you've got, to, yeah. you've got to take into consideration the, the, the level that they're playing at at the moment. The language, will they settle in the country? I know the culture is quite similar, but again, you know, he's come, he's coming from where uh, Montevideo, I guess, to yeah. to Athens or Birea. I mean, is is what's the um, what, what's the uh, the population like as well? What what is it? You know, is is he going to be able to cope with it? You know, are there players at the club that can speak the same language? Spanish yeah, well, that's players. the thing as well. And we don't have a whole ton of Spanish-speaking guys in the team right now. There's a big Portuguese contingent, and there's a big French contingent, and there's obviously Greek speakers. And there's a few, you know, there's a few Spanish. But, like, um, I mean, an example is, like, this kid that we brought in, a, what was it, January 2019, Maxi Lovera, like, young Argentinian kid coming over from South America, really talented and like never really got his chance if we're being completely honest. Um, and still, I think he's a good player, but it just, it's what you said still, like it's a, it's a culture shock and with the language may have been an issue as well, socially and just never really got like a, a run in the team. I would say. He was a deadline day signing September. Oh, he was year. September. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. He 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 cost he cost an arm and a leg. Sorry, four yeah, and a half. Well, he was he was a big. Is has he played for the youth team in Argentina? He was like a pretty big name. He played, he played for the under twenties, and you think I think he played in the Olympic team. Yeah, so I mean, he was he was a big commodity at the time, and he didn't really do it here, and he's back in South America, or at least was back in South America for the second half of last season. It's a it's a it's a really good point though, and this came up the other day when we were talking about Pavon. Pavon is twenty five, going twenty, I think twenty five years old. Obviously, he's an Argentinian international, so for me, it's a little bit different when you've played at that level. Uh, you can probably get over the the adaptation a bit quicker than a 21 or a 20 year old coming from South America for the first time. But, but I agree. There's always, there's always risk. Um, and I, I don't know. I've never seen the guy play. So I really, it is, it's a gamble. You never know. He, he's got to be better than Ruben Vinagre though. Ruben <laughs> you don't like him. <laughs> we hate Ruben Vinagre. He's literally the worst. Uh, but I have disaster. a. I, I was talking to Peter about this off camera. Like, where has it all gone wrong for Oleg Rayabchuk? Because I have a deep fear what? he's gonna be. He's. Well, go ahead. Because why? Obviously... Why? Why has everyone like? Oh, it's all gone wrong. Everyone is saying it, Costa. Like everyone just is saying because, it. Just because, like, me. just because the, the newspapers and the reactionary Greeks are going on. The and Greek media. It's like the same. Oh, Timikas is too young. Yeah, don't play him. Oh, you know, play Kutris. Why is Timikas playing? Oh, Timikas is great. He's gone to Liverpool. He's the best left back in the world. Blah blah blah. It's like you don't know. Like you don't know what's going to happen with Oleg. Like he's got the physical attributes, and yeah, we talked about this off camera. Physically, his physical attributes are better than Timikas. They're better than Kutris. They're probably better than any left-back we've ever had in terms of his ability to run up and down the line, the stamina, the pace, the acceleration. But his problem is, is he gets to the 18-yard box in, you know, in, the opposition, in the opposition's half and then he doesn't know what to do. Or he crosses it and it just always goes to an opponent. So for fuck's sake, can somebody just stick him outside the 18-yard box and make him cross the ball and hopefully learn i don't know like with timikas and kudris it was the other way around like they didn't have the the tactical awareness and the positioning but if you if you they were basically left midfielders both of them they were attacking players so they knew how to whip a ball into the box rabchuk doesn't at the moment but that's something he can he can learn it's easier for me to learn that than learn the tactical and the mental stuff, I would say. Like you literally, like you said, you just have to sit and cross a ball for a few hours every day after training. Maybe not a I few think hours the late. depressing part is he was so good for the first two months. Like I was talking to Peter yeah. that first leg in Eindhoven. He needs time. Like I, I I was like, God damn it, we got we got the replacement for Chimikas. Like he this kid's a baller. And then as the second half of the season, it was like do you know what that was? That was because we had we had we were Jose, used to Jose Holebas maybe. We had, yeah, but we we had Jose playing left back, and fair play 30, for thirty seven years of age, he was bombing up and down the wing in Champions League games. Yeah, so like I'm, I won't ever say a bad word about about Jose, but that's what we could get from a thirty seven year old. It's like one or two kind of overlaps, and then Oleg came in, and we were getting. 10 15 overlaps a game and him bombing up and down the wing like an absolute kamikaze and you were like 
it's happening again. It's like Olympiacos has the width. Like we have Andrutos on one side after Rafinha. You know, we had a 37-year-old on one wing and a 35, 36-year-old on the other. And suddenly you had two young boys, like a 22-year-old Andrutos and a 22-year-old Oleg, just with the energy. And you were like, we started to look like Olympiacos again. And we were excited because we were used to what we were seeing from, from September until December. And then people were like, oh, he can't cross and oh, he's not good enough. And hang on a minute, like, slow down. But I, I think the people, real quick, it's just a contrast with Kenny and Oleg. Lala had that mediocre first start to the, the career at Olympiacos, and he's turned it around in the preseason games. Oleg has not in the preseason games. From what I've read, as it's, we all know, I haven't watched much. And yeah, I'm excited to see what he does against Galatasaray in five days. Just putting it out there. Can I ask like a really ignorant question, please? Go ahead. So like, I look at your squad and obviously I don't know your team too well, but I'm assuming that your two most experienced players are Valbuena and El Arabi and maybe Baba Stavothopoulos, yeah? Yeah, Jan and Vila, you could maybe throw in there as yeah, well. Yeah, so but yeah. You, you mentioned these young players like in their early 20s. And if you want to look at players that are going to be there for the long term or maybe for four or five seasons, get their value up, or at least you can get the most out of them. Who in the Olympiagos squad can you say these youngsters can look up to and ask for advice, be it technical, tactical, or just growing up? Because I look at our squad and I see Jordi Gomez has won the FA Cup with, with Wigan. Um, you know, played for Sunderland, played for Swansea, Premier League, played at Barcelona with Messi. Um, I look at Thomas Huberchan, that's won the UEFA Cup with Zenit St. Petersburg. I look at our manager who's won everything there is to win as a, at club level um, and, and so on and so forth. And the youngsters have got these players there to, to talk to them and basically ask questions. Do you have those mainstays at your club, the, the, the captains, the leaders that you can say, right, they can pass that knowledge down to the youngsters because that is, is worth more than just signing an experienced player for one or two seasons. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, I think the club has put together not not only a, a, a good squad in a sense that there's balance in terms of more experienced players and, and, and young players there as well, but in the back room, you've got players or former players like Dorosidis, who's a technical director now. Uh, Carambo is um, like a sporting director for the club as well. He played with us for for three years. Modesto is like the chief scout, and he's he's always in and around the team. So everywhere you look, if you're a new if you're a new player and you're coming into the club and you don't really know what it's about, on day one when you arrive, they make you understand. Then it's up to that person to understand. Like okay. These are the expectations at the club. So this is the mentality. And some players pick it up real quick and some players never do, like a Pepe or a Thiago Silva that came from Nottingham Forest. They just don't have the mentality. Um, but I think if I take Oleg as an example, he's got no competition at left back. So nobody's pushing him to spend that extra time in training and be like, mm, I'm going to lose my place. I better stay at the training ground an hour or two, more practice my crossing and my shooting for when I get forward. There's no one. He's got a 17, 18-year-old co as competition that's never played prof a professional game in his life right now. 
So yeah, that's otherwise you you said all the players, mate. Uh, Valbuena played for the French national team more than thirty times. He's uh, he's won European competitions. He's won leagues in France, in Russia. El Arabi is a I mean he's a top striker uh, in midfield. Jan and Villa. But do you, do you see them putting their arm around the youngster at half time yeah. when they're walking off or anything like that? This is what I'm saying. Like these little things that you notice that perhaps, you know, obviously the cameras ain't going to pan in on that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you're watching it on the telly and you kind of see in the corner, you know, El Arabi's got his arm around one of the youngsters. Do you, do you see that kind of stuff? I mean, I know it's a massive deal that you don't see it. Do you get what I'm saying? But at least you you, you want to know that something like that is happening, that, you know, the players that are on the pitch, the experienced ones, are talking to the youngsters in training or whenever it is just to give them pointers because that's more, that, that kind of experience and that knowledge to pass it on, that, that's, that's priceless, man. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, game time is important so they can make their own mistakes, but to have someone there, like, yeah, the Hafinha there last season, yeah, right back. Yeah. I know he wasn't there for long, but... Can you imagine how much knowledge he could pass down to, to younger right-backs, given yeah. what he's achieved in his career? Absolutely. I, I, I've said this before, and actually when we, when, we went, um, when, when we talked to Don Robbie ahead of the Arsenal game last year, he asked me what was our biggest strength, and I said it was, um, it was our mental strength as a team because we've got those personalities in the squad and in the locker room, and we've got a coach that seemingly is saying the right things when he needs to say them like he's motivating them and he's essentially the one that 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 knows when to put his arm around a player or when to when to penalize a player Costas Fortunis came back from injury last year and um you know he he tore his ACL and he tore it again now and he wanted to rush back into the team and he got pissed off because he didn't play against Balk in a game and then you know you're talking about a player that's getting 2 million uh, two million almost a season, and Martins threw him out of the squad. He didn't take him to the Emirates for the game that we won. So, so I think, like in terms of like like I said, mental toughness and uh, team togetherness, that's really good. And like, there's a good like the mix of nationalities and the amount of French speaking players that we have and Portuguese speaking players that we have is it's like it's it's a good mix. And like people like Ruben Semedo. He's a guy that like brings together the Greeks and the foreigners. He just kind of goes into the locker room with a boombox and like starts dancing and you know teases the Greek players. So it's a good like it's a good dressing room atmosphere actually in the club. That's important. That's very important um, because you know, if everyone's heads are dropped, then that's it. Game over. Yeah. Um, it's good to have that banner as well. I, I just think that you know. You've seen it yourselves. Clubs in Greece, they tend to sack managers left, right, and center. It happens in Cyprus. You know, I mean, like Boel had how many managers did they have last season? Three, three, four. I think Was that four. Three? Yeah, the year before they had they started with with Tramatsani, then they had Dole, then they had did they have Ingebrigtsen, then Uzunidis, and then the season started with Uzunidis. They sacked him. They brought in Mick McCarthy for two months. They sacked him. Mick McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. They had him for two months. He worked, He started well, a few draws, a few wins, and then he won. Went four game, four defeats on the bounce, and they sacked him. He made about a quarter of a million out of that. To be fair, um, 
But yeah, so you've seen clubs sacking managers left, right and centre, so you can't get that continuity. So it's great that you've got this head coach who I've been told he's the, he's the best coach that you, you've ever had, you know, since, what, Bajovic? Mm -hmm. This is a big debate. Big debate. But the thing is still, I mean, he's going to have Premier League clubs looking at him soon and there's nothing that Marinaki can do about if Wolves come knocking on the door wanting him to come coach or whatnot. So uh, I do worry about that as well. Like we... You know, it seems in Greece you're either not good enough and you get sacked in two months or you're very good and then you go coach a bigger team. Yeah, but you say that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Marinaga has already got a plan on who he's going to bring in. Do you Probably. know what I mean? This, this head coach has been sought after the past couple of seasons, as far as I'm aware. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Marinaga's probably sitting there thinking, all right, well, I'll be, I need to look at someone who I can bring in to take over. And I'm pretty sure there are names out there, Fonseca being one of them. That was at Roma. I think he'd be a good one for you guys. Personally, but there's anyway, that's by the way because you still got this guy. There's 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 one coach who's not at a club, and hopefully he won't be for another season, and he'll come back next summer. Everybody doesn't. Everybody knows who Everybody doesn't come to Olympiakos. He can he can go work. Uh, be the Greece manager. No, he can that's, he can he can continue. Doing, he can continue right. painting in in Catalonia. Let let him do his <laughs> painting for a year, and he can come next season. No, he's talking about Fernando Santos coming back, baby. Coming back. <laughs> I would take him at the national team, to be honest. Though. Me too. Even. Me too. Me too. Any day of the week. Well, guys, I'm not sure if there are any other topics uh, to, to discuss, but uh, if there are any last digs, any last digs at Vozinha. Oh, uh, are we going to talk about this? <laughs> no, we don't. Maybe I'll. Uh, maybe I'll. You walk. don't live here. There's a difference. Fair play. You don't, you don't drive around, you see these Union Jacks all over the place. Well, I mean, don't get me Stel, wrong. Stel, Canada's part of the fucking Commonwealth or whatever the hell they call it. So you actually do see them here, but nobody really? is out. In, yes. Really? Like, really? I, I drove by a military base the other day and they have the Canada flag and the UK, the Union Jack. It's like they, they think they're still a colony or something. I, I don't really get what the deal is, but... And the Queen is on the money as well. Like the $20 bill in Canada has Queen Elizabeth on it. Well, as long as Andrew ain't on it, you'll be all right. <laughs> you need Epstein to come back to life, won't you? But... <laughs> anyway. But no, listen, look, I get it. It's a feel-good factor. And you know, they haven't won anything since 66. They haven't been in a major final since 66. They got to the semi-final last year, uh, two years ago, three years ago. 2018, wasn't it? World Cup. And look, it's it's good for the people out here. Don't get me wrong; it's good for supermarkets who's running out of alcohol to sell and that kind of stuff. But <laughs> for me, it's like it's just it's too much, man. It really is too much. I mean, I remember when Greece won the Euros, and there was about a thousand, two thousand people in Southgate, which is a little area in North London. But they took the whole of Southgate down to Palmer's Green towards Harringay. It was immense, and there was no trouble. Everything was fine. Last night, England win. The fans go to Piccadilly Circus. They're smashing windows on buses. It's like, what are you doing? You've won the game. You haven't lost it. You've Look, won. Stella, you don't, you don't have to convince me that England winning the Euro is a bad thing. I've like more or less been it's rooting terrible. against them the entire time. It would be terrible. Can you imagine? Oh, we, we uh, voted Brexit and now we won in the European Championships. Can you imagine? 
Oh, can you no, imagine that would be that would be the worst narrative? <laughs> you said I can it already not read me. the op-ed. I can already me. read the op-ed. I can read it already. Oh no, Boris My, Johnson. Yeah, winning. The, the, yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, I, 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 they won the Euros with me in charge. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, also, there was the whole thing about like a few of the politicians have this huge hard line on immigrants and on taking yeah, the knee, tell, and yeah. now they're just like loving it up. They were Raheem shitting on the Sterling, players for taking the knee. What a great player, Raheem Sterling. Yeah, oh. just, that's so fucked up. But... Well, I saw I saw this uh, image on Instagram earlier this morning, and it, it had the the list of the England players that started the game yesterday. And I like, saw this it, as well. It, still, yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for immigration, right, there'd only be three English. Even players Harry Kane. Harry yeah. Kane's Irish dad, so even he wouldn't be in there. Yeah, Harry Maguire, I think he's got Irish background. I think it was only, was it Shaw, Stones, and Pickford? Or yeah, because Declan Rice as well as Irish. Yeah. Irish, you know. Yeah, I, I remember that. Declan Rice, that was a huge deal. Didn't he play like a friendly? He played in the youth team. Well? Youth, yeah, team, youth team, okay. But yeah. yeah, no, I mean, Costa and I have had banter, and Costa loves to. I'm. I, I swear, Actually, it's like every time I'm like, "All right, guys, this is also breaking news." Costa's like, "It's coming home," and I'm like, "No." <laughs> I, I may be going to uh, Rome or Genoa for the for for the final just to get on with my Italian friends to go. Maybe, hopefully, have a party. We'll see. So Eight seven international live stream potentially from the from the potential pitch. from the the Italian streets. Hopefully, Which, we'll if, see if England win. Get like a Captain America shield or something, you know. Get some You're protective tired. armor. Yeah, gonna be throwing glass sure. bottles at you. Be careful. <laughs> nah, mate, I'm staying at home. <laughs> I'm hibernating. Let's hope. Let's hope Stell's the only thing coming home uh, this weekend. England versus Italy. Go yeah. Italy. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But yeah. Anyway, anyway. I've wasted too much time talking about them. <laughs> I yeah, we don't need to talk anymore about them. But Stell. As always, I want to say thank Get you. Get that so off the screen. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing with it. That was legit by accident. And, and for the record, <laughs> I, I, said, I said this off camera. The beauty of being a dual national is that if we win, great, lovely. If we lose, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was supporting Slovakia, but they didn't do well. But... Mm. It is what it is. It you is. you had a couple horses in the race with Omonia. Hungary, like on that that last day of that group, I was kind of rooting for Hungary to sneak in. You know what well, I mean? They were, and, they were almost there, weren't they? And then they blew it against. It the was Germans, it but... was a close. It would have been entertaining. But anyway, um, Stell, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to to crouch under the shoot the defense umbrella there no, thank you man i appreciate and, it sorry uh, for taking up 20 minutes of your time at the beginning it was fantastic content we we enjoy it and we we've had much longer podcasts in the past so this is not a problem at all um but yeah man it's always a pleasure to to have you on here and chat i'm sure we'll do it soon i have a weird feeling we're gonna be matched up against omonia in the champions league qualifiers so maybe that'll be an well, excuse I won't to... Complain. I won't complain. I think that means if we'd have got past Dinamo Zagreb, a good team, man. Very good team. Yeah. But man. either way, man, all the best to you and uh, and to the family. And uh, hope everything is good. Enjoy the Euros final on Sunday. Best of luck. And You are uh, doing so well until you said that bit. Are you even going to watch? Probably not. Fair enough. Probably not. But, hey. but again, thanks for the opportunity. It's been brilliant. 
And I uh, hope you guys are well. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Um, why don't you start trolling Banath and I boss? I don't understand why you guys don't do it. Are they just... They're too small. It's not yeah. worth our time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, give, we, we give it to Pauk more, honestly, at this point. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've but... noticed that, yeah. Honestly, it's it's there there. I think there's a part of all of us that almost wants Bonafinaikos to be a bit less pathetic. So it's not like, you know what I mean? Can you guys relate? Like, it went away when they beat us this year, and it was like, oh, this fan who hasn't talked to us, this Bonafinaikos fan who hasn't logged into their Twitter account since 2015, is uh, is chirping at us. Like, can you can you quiet down, please? You're you're quite a bit of ways down on yeah, the table. Yeah, really like, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like, it. yeah. So well, nine points ahead of us at one point, and then yeah. it's the conspire effect. What can I tell you? That's what happens. Yeah. Well, like I said, they're they're not really on our uh, on our radar, as we would say in America. We're not thinking about them right now. And also, it's the summertime. We're we're enjoying enjoying the heat, enjoying the fun. No no annoying clowns in the comments. No <laughs> stupid comments from the manager of the opposing team. Don't have to worry about any of that for a few more weeks. And uh, quite honestly, I don't miss it. So there we go. Wonderful. But yeah, well, thank you everybody for listening. And uh, thanks for everybody's comments in the live chat. It's always nice to see people in there. Um, we will be back this weekend, probably. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Maybe some transfer news coming in. People seem to like that. We'll figure something to, to prattle on for an hour about. Make sure to give us a good old like. Hit the, hit the good old like button if you're watching on YouTube. Just give us a subscribe as well. Leave a comment and say hi. Yeah, there you go. That's a Stell saying if you're not familiar. Um, he's, if you, if, like I said, give Stell a follow on Instagram uh, at Che Stell, C-H-E Stell. I don't know how it's meant to be pronounced. But um, yeah, that's about all we've got, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe, especially if you're on the streets of London. Uh, and we will see you very soon. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Stomialo kati magiko.